leaders that we engage with have this high level of hope that you don't need an assessment to be able to see. They are just very resilient. Um, and it's interesting, it's, it's not always the folks who have been handed everything on a silver platter. It's the folks that have learned resiliency through trial and error. It's not that they're flawless, they're very, um, very resilient because they have fallen down and gotten back up and started over. Welcome to the Business Transition Roadmap. My name is Elizabeth Ledoux, and through my years, I have seen how communities thrive when business succession and transition are done well. Me and my team at the Transition Strategists have been helping business owners develop and implement transition strategies for over 30 years. And on this show, we want to help you by giving you the roadmap to a healthy business transition. Let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Business Transition Roadmap podcast. I am just very, very fortunate today to be here with Debbie Davis, who is one of our lead transition guides at the Transition Strategists. Um, it's fun for me to be able to work with amazing people and amazing guides because every transition guide that we have in our firm actually brings a little bit of a different knowledge and background and experience to our team. Debbie's real forte is in leadership. And today what we're going to talk about is how leadership really shifts and changes as an owner goes from running and operating their business to leaving their business, um, to being that mentor that helps somebody else, a successor come in and do well. So how does, what kind of leadership skills do they need to have to do that? And how do they shift during this transition time? And then we're also going to talk a little bit about the successor side, because the successor also has usually some new leaders, leadership skills that they're trying to figure out and that they're bringing on board. So Debbie, welcome. And thank you so much for being here today. It's so fun to have you. Gosh, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to share. Um, I'm excited to have the opportunity to brag on some of our clients and um, talk about what they bring to the table in terms of leadership and what they're looking for in their successors. So just happy to be here. Thank you. Um, in terms of um, in terms of our leaders that we work with, the CEOs specifically, the things that I feel like we see in our clients are a really nice balance of business acumen and then also care for their people. You know, they are they are super agile in knowing that the business decision impacts the people and then also, you know, that their people have to be on board and just love watching them balance that and, um, and take such genuine care and interest in, in their folks. Um, and it's fun to work with them then, right? They're, they're very caring, loving people and, um, passionate about their business, passionate about their people. And it just makes it a oh, just so much fun to work with. Um, I think one of the things that we see in terms of the transition around our um, 
you know, let's say maybe the 55 years and older folks is um, they're recognizing that there is a shift in the business and how to, how the business is operated. And they're seeing that their skill set that they had when they first started the business is different than what is needed to run the business today. And, and they're open to looking at themselves differently and saying that this business needs a different leader and they're not afraid of hiring someone who is smart, smarter than them, possibly. They're brave, I think. They're courageous. It's a little scary to think um, about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Somebody like, being smarter we, than... see that. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that's a, that's a, a dance that one day they do really well and it's easy. And the next day they wake up and it's like, Ooh, it's kind of scary, but they step there anyway, they go forward anyway. And, um, and I think our process supports them. And I love that we have the opportunity to coach them through that, guide them through that, that transition, because they're, they're very vulnerable and that's not normal for where, you know, for them typically, you know, you know, the entrepreneur is this big, brave person that just is taking on the world and very comfortable. And the reality is um, that's a scary place. And they can put on a great, um, not a front, but they put on a really good, they present themselves really well and brave for the rest of their team. They're creating that beautiful vision. They're creating the um strategic plan to go forward. And sometimes they don't know all the answers and they, they continue to push forward. And, um, and we get to see the vulnerable side of them that says, Hmm, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And this sounds a little scary and we can walk through that, um, with them. And it feels really, feels like a nice place to be. I enjoy being there with them. Nice. Nice. So, um, when you look from you know, your background, what are the primary skills that an owner or founder has as they build and grow their company, they're active in it and they're working in it? So let's start there. Uh -huh. What are some of the what what are some of the skills that they have that more than likely have been a foundation for their success? Tenacity. You know, um there is a there's a hope um, assessment. And um, I think leaders that we engage with have this high level, level of hope that you don't need an assessment to be able to see. They are just very resilient. Um, and it's interesting, it's, it's not always the folks who have been handed everything on a silver platter. It's the folks that have learned resiliency through trial and error. It's not that they're flawless. They're very, um, very resilient because they have fallen down and gotten back up and started over. So I would say, you know, they have a high level of hope, a high level of resiliency based on having been there, done that, meaning they failed forward. Um, and then of course, um, you know, acumen, business acumen is important. I think there's a level of intuition that complements that business acumen. 
um, you know, it's not just book smarts. It's, it's the ability to know when to apply that in what situation. And then I, again, back to um, agility, the balancing of the business along with um, people, they take care of their people. Um, I like to say they balance profit and people well. Right. Um, in terms of leadership, I think a couple of the things that I measure in the work that I do is communication and relationships and then alignment. So those are the, the big metrics that we cover um, specifically. And so recognizing that, and we do this in our work, um, recognizing that you and I don't communicate the same way nor should we. And that's a beautiful thing. And we normalize that conversation instead of looking at each other as if we might be wrong. So I think leaders see that people communicate differently and, and celebrate that and bring that out in their teams and themselves. And then building on relationships, um, the foundation of relationships is trust. And one of the things that, you know, I had that before you and I met, but what, one of the things that joining our team, the transition team, transition strategist. I think that is gold is assuming good intent. And the minute you start applying that, and if you live that, it changes that judgment into curiosity. You can't help but be curious in that space. And so I think without a shadow of a doubt, our leaders have to remain curious and, and, Often they do, but, you know, it's hard to, it can be hard. Um, And then alignment, of course, you know, they need to, our leaders need to create a vision that is exciting. They need to hire teams and people that can accomplish what their vision is and let them go. And, and that's where that trust piece comes in, let them go and, and create what vision, the vision is that they're trying to create. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. I assuming best of intent and, or just, yeah, best of intent in general is one of my most favorite things that I've learned over many, many, many years. It's hard to do at times, but it does change your life and it does apply to life in general, like any relationship that you have. So thanks for bringing that up. Um, and yeah, the idea of communication, ability to create relationships, keep those strong. And, and you're completely correct that the people that we really enjoy working with the most are people who care about themselves, their families, others, the community, just because of our mission. Um, you know, we want, that's why we do what we do is to help communities thrive forward and people need to be able to do that themselves because that's how the communities are built. So, um, when you, when you see, a an owner founder, especially a founder, um, mm-hmm. start to move into the transition role, right. Transitioning out of not only their job today and uh, letting somebody else do that job and, uh, mentoring and teaching them to do that, but also at some point in time, making the additional transition of the equity side, right? So mm-hmm. no longer being an investor in the business also, what skills, how do the skills change and what new skills need to be brought on board in order to help that successor do well and also help the owner founder move on to a next adventure? I love that question. 
I would say back to communication, but before even getting to that point, you know, they have to, before they have a conversation with their team, it's getting to that space themselves and in alignment themselves. And what we see is, you know, there's, there's a lot of thought, a lot of sleepless nights for the founder prior to joining our group. And that goes away about halfway through our process where they get to see the vision. And it's fun because, you know, when they get to, we finish the compass and it's so exciting to see the look on their face and you see the shoulders drop, you know, they're, they're at peace with where they're going. They have clarified so much of what has been keeping them up all night, where they're heading. And so you see that calm, if you will. And then the next phase of that is, oh my gosh, I have to put some of this into, into action. And so it, it shifts for them to your point, you know, it's, they've created the vision. They're in a good place. They feel good about it. And now they have to be, they have to step aside and that that's a scary place to be. And it does for sure require a different set of skills. And it's the communication changes from creating the vision um, and being in charge to listening and, and, and not that listening isn't part of communication prior to, but it's more listening. It's, it's clarifying from that perspective and stepping into, um, a less, less of a leadership role, but more of a mentorship role mm-hmm. for their team. For those successors, I think it's also listening and clarifying. One of the things that we talk about in the work that we do is they, our leaders may see a successor and having that conversation to say, well, do you really want to be the successor and listening to make sure that that successor genuinely wants to be part of our, that, be that leader. Right. Um, So I see listening being a big um, component. I see um, trusting that those folks will um, will do what they say they're going to do and stepping aside. We had um, one leader just recently, one owner who just recently, we had a conversation with her and she thought, you know, no way could the person be the successor. And I remember you and I were on the call and you said, well, is it possible that she can't be the leader because you're in the way? <laughs> and so I think real, you know, having that hard look in the mirror and saying, gosh, how am I preventing this person from being the successor and, and making these decisions and growing? So, you know, they're stepping out of the way, they're trusting and they're supporting as opposed to, um, taking everything. So, and that's a big shift. It's a scary shift for them. Well, it's a, it's a huge shift and it's, you know, behavior is behavior takes a long time to change because most of what we do day to day, like 99% of it is on kind of automatic and, Mm -hmm. uh, it takes time to, you know, for example, it takes time to change the way that you sleep and how early you go to bed and, takes time to change your, how you eat and what you do and learning to cook differently, whatever you're going to do there. And this is a big one because a lot of these owner founders have done this same thing, gone on, gone up, 
you know, gotten up, gone to work, come home um, day after day and are constantly thinking about how to build and grow the company, how to keep it healthy um, instead of, you know, that shift of how to let it go and how and how to help somebody else build and grow it. Um, so it, it's a huge behavior shift to be able to do that. And it's not it's something that you have to be really conscious of. So the practice becomes um, really important when you're implementing your now new transition vision versus the build grow vision. Um, right. The compass helps them to get clarity on the transition direction mm-hmm. and that strategy, which is different. Uh, and then they're implementing that transition strategy, getting out of the way. Yeah. Really an interesting thing. And, and it's hard, you know, as to your point is so, so incredibly difficult. I love, you know, the, the synergy that happened or the, not synergy, but the, the relationship develops into, um, more of a mentorship and, and it's so good when they can make that transition and they can realize that that is their role and they, they aren't completely out if they don't want to be, you know, we have so many of them who stay along and maintain the relationships that they've had in the past with the clients, um, and sit in a mentorship role. And, and when they can clearly see that, what their role is, it is so incredibly helpful, I think, as opposed to what do I do now? Because they don't sit well. That's right. They do not sit well. So, um, yeah. And that just brings to mind, um, just yesterday talking to, a an owner founder, um, who's done extremely well. Um, he's preparing to take, he's preparing to sell to his internal lead people. Um, one who happens to be a family member, but not a son or a daughter. And mm-hmm. he also, though, is preparing then to, he's only going to sell a portion of it and he's going to put a portion of it into an LLC, bringing in his wife and his children. So still being, it's it's kind of an interesting strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm telling people this because there are so many different ways that things can come together. So he, he's going to have a portion of the company that he still owns. So he's still active, but bring in his, you know, immediate family, wife and kids, um, give them an opportunity to have some income, um, some dividends that come off of the company, but actually sell it so that it continues forward because his goal isn't the money altogether. He needs the money to actually, you Mm -hmm. know, to retire and do what he wants to do. Um, but the other part, one of his other whys is the, the foundational relationships, his next adventure, staying involved and also helping his kids go forward. Yeah. Yeah. That speaks so strongly to that entrepreneur, the entrepreneur who is so much about, especially those that we work with, um, so much about, others. And I mean, yes, to your point, they, they balance what they need with helping others and, and contributing to their community. Yeah. They're they're pretty amazing people. So let's talk for a minute about successors because you've got this successor. So we've talked a little bit about the owner and the owner trying to get out and getting out of the way and not being able to, and how that can be this 
you know, you just sometimes don't see what you need to do. Um, let's talk about the leadership of a successor coming in. Um, mm-hmm. They potentially haven't been in a CEO role. They might have been, but maybe not. And what kind of shifts are they trying to make and how hard is that for them? Gosh, we have a group we're working with right now that come to mind and I just love them. Um, there are several, a couple of them for and the biggest hurdle I see for them right now is thinking big picture. Mm-hmm. You know, they think they're thinking big, you know, that transition from individual contributor to others and then organization and then community is, is, is a shift. It's several different shifts and it's fun to watch them, especially when we're navigating four of them, you know, every one of them, grows at a different pace in a different way. And so big picture is the biggest hurdle that I see initially because they don't even know how to go there. And, but once you open their mind to that, um, I, what I've noticed is, you know, you have to have a, an owner, a CEO who is ready for that, right. And ready for those conversations. So timing is important and navigating that. And it's fun how it all comes together. Um, And it's not perfect. You know, I think about, you know, um, change, the change curve, you know, you go, hello, we're implementing change. And oh my gosh, we implemented change in this climb up is this, the visual is this, but the reality is it's messy. It's super messy. And, but they get there. And um, so I think thinking big picture is the first component of it and then being brave um, and having those conversations, realizing that um, what they might see as a conflict conversation is can be created as an opportunity to grow, to change and be curious. And if they step into that space, doing that and supported, um, which the person that the group that I'm thinking of is, does that very well. It's, very, um, very productive and very helpful. And so I think, um, from a successor perspective, they need that support, that openness to ask those questions. And then they need to step into that place and be brave and ask those questions. Um, yeah, and that goes back to yeah. the whole assuming best of intent, right? Because it goes both yes. directions where oh, your successor is going, man, this could be a this could be a dumb question or this could show what I don't know. And then I'm vulnerable. And so I'm going to hide that. I'm not going to say I really don't understand what you're talking about. And that's true yes. in, with humans in general. But um, that transparency, vulnerability, ability to just lay it on the table and be as curious as you can and then be welcomed by the person who's transitioning um, because that's the mentorship instead of the, uh, you know, the judgment side, I guess, would be that. And if if I have the group right just for the audience that you're talking about, um, it's an owner- it's an owner founder who is looking at transitioning and instead of transitioning and just having one person as their successor purchaser, um, there are multiple 
in the group right. that are invited into the mm -hmm. opportunity. So those people are also having to develop relationships um, differently because they're going, they still have their job relationship and that interaction uh, where mm -hmm. their peers um, in the leadership, uh, when they get to be the owners, they're also basically investors and business partners, which is a different relationship than, you know, <laughs> being the leader of a division or a leader of a department. All of a sudden, mm -hmm. I'm an owner with you. We're invested together financially and we're making decisions together about the future yes. of this company. So very different um, interactions there. Oh, very much so. You know, that that trust component and communication, we probably spend, I bet we say that a thousand times every time we're together. You know, it's an awareness of how we communicate and what is being said from one person and interpreted by another are very different. And so we must always clarify. And, and by doing that, we create that relationship, that trust, that, you know, we genuinely care. Um, I mean, I see that in our team. It's so fun to be part of that and then, and then share that with our teams that we support. So it's, I think the communication, the trust on the successor side, the communication, the trust on the owner side, I think the alignment piece comes into play heavily in terms of, you know, once you've created that, um, those relationships, the vision is so very important and being aligned there. And then once, once all of that is in place, then we can put marching orders in place and say, okay, this is how we're going to get there. And, um, and it's fun to watch them. Yeah. Um, and that come one thing that I think is crucial. And, you know, a long time ago, I learned just, and I've kept it with me that, um, people don't live up to your expectations. They live up to their own commitments. And so I think, um, when you are aligned and when everybody knows what you're trying to build and what the direction you're going, um, then you can have commitment from everyone that you're all on board. And then that mm. communication and, um, the ability to be brave, um, and vulnerable, that all mm. kind of comes together because you're brave within a space of being committed together to building whatever you're going to do, which in this case, you're building the next, the next adventure for this business being run by mm -hmm. other people and helping that owner to move on to their next adventure. Um, all good when everybody's, when everybody knows what they're doing and they're committed to making it happen and work. So, yeah. yeah. I, love that. I feel like, um, as you're saying that I think about the, the, the group coming together and taking the ownership, you know, that tenacity is so different within each person and managing that one being aware of it, but then managing it because, you know, we have different, different responses and based on their history, based on their personality, based on so many things, you know, that ability to navigate, um, ownership and being tenacious and being hopeful is so important. And so that's a, that's an honest conversation that you have with yourself, you know, as you make that choice to be committed to this. And that's, yeah. that's a big, big deal. That's a big commitment. Um, 
it's a big commitment for the successor mm -hmm. to become the owner and to actually do that. Um, they have yeah. a lot of, just even from an ownership perspective, they've got a lot of new things that they have to bring on board, including, um, yeah, navigating, navigating even at home because, you know, navigating different taxes and mm -hmm. maybe even navigating um, new income and also yeah. navigating potentially a large loan <laughs> and making sure, you know, the pressure of being in that position, depending on what the purchase is and how it works. So just a lot of new things for that successor to have to do and learn. Very much. Yeah. Very much. I think um, the other thing that comes to mind is sometimes they don't know what they don't know, you know, so they perceive what ownership looks like based on their experience with that, the prior owner and, that could potentially be a, a major turnoff to them versus clarifying and understanding. I think about, you know, we have a client who presented the option, the invitation to her successor. And so, you know, we don't want to do what you do yeah. <laughs> because you work 24 seven and <laughs> they shifted things up and changed things around and they went, okay, yeah, we're, we're interested now. Yeah, we like this because they can go build it the way that they want to with a great foundation of an operating company and, and also help, again, that community go forward. Yeah. So, gosh, this time went so fast, Debbie. I know. And we had some great conversations and I just am so grateful um, that to have you here and for you to take the time to share with everybody uh -huh. about some of your thoughts and some of your background and um, experience with this in business transition. Oh. So, um, last question for you. Okay. Uh, what would you say is one thing that you would like to leave with the audience today that just would kind of put a bow on this for them? What would be one thing? Wow. Great question. I would say, assume best of intent and clarify always. Um, as you navigate any transition. Nice. Nice. I love that. It can be applied everywhere. I know. I yeah. Know. Yeah. All right, Debbie. Well, thank you again for being here and joining us. And um, just thank so you. much. I enjoy you so much. And I love working with you. So you're just a pleasure. And um, I will see you soon. Thank you so much. Love this. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Business Transition Roadmap. If you are listening to this and you find yourself wanting to go deeper into these topics and start the process of putting together your transition strategy, I'd love to offer you a free initial strategy session with my team, where we'll help you to explore the future transition of your business. Head over to www.transitionstrategist.com to schedule a call. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Business Transition Roadmap.